<laughs> Welcome to podcast number 13 of Your Pure Truth Now. This I'm is Andrew Neblet and Kathleen, who's afraid now. <laughs> and today's topic is fear. <laughs> A little too much enjoyment in that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you made it this far, you're a brave soul. <laughs> I'm still sitting here. Yeah. So, fear. Why is this important? Well, me personally, I have a personal philosophy about this. Uh, to me, the word fear really can be spelt a different way. Lack. L-A-C-K. Yes, it's another four-letter word, just like fear is. Um, but fear, when you analyze what fear is, it's about lack of information, lack of control, or you're going to lack something else. But those first two are usually the two causes that cause our fear. So, for instance, if you are... You know, a lot of people have, you know, like when you're flying, you're flying, people have a lot of fear of flying. Why is that? Because they lack control or they anticipate they're going to, you know, something awful could happen. Um, you're stuck in a metal tube flying at very fast speeds, you know, across the, the planet, whether it's across the mountaintops or across the ocean. Um, but a lot of people have fear. However, statistically, we know how seldom that there's a problem uh, with it. So it's an irrational fear fear uh, in almost every single instance. So what is it? Oh, I'm in a confined space. All right. So again, lack of control. I don't like to be enclosed. Um, or the pilot's driving and I'm not flying the plane or whatever. So again, fear. So do you have any fears? Yes. Okay, I guess she's not going to say which ones. <laughs> well, I'm not fond of flying. That's one. Um, I think my maybe my largest fear is uh, dying through drowning. Okay. Especially in a car that goes over okay. into the water. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty gruesome, but um, we all have fears. Some of us are very fearful people, and even the most bravest um, among us, uh, there are some fears. Notice I use that in the plural, not the singular. You know, even if you're the most bravest person on a person, uh, planet, um, there's a highly high chance that you have more than one fear. Um, and it's, you know what? Fear is normal. But to Fear too much or to fear everything or a lot of things, that is not normal. And if you're aware, this is where you need to break it down. Because is your fear rational? Well, I guess the big question is, is any fear rational? I think that it's a positive in certain instances. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, maybe fear of not meeting a deadline might spur you on to get mm -hmm. something done that you need to, to get done. Right. That's actually an excellent, excellent example because 
It's a deadline. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And you know that there will be consequences uh, for not getting it done. Or you're going to be very upset with yourself. Yeah, or your boss is going to be very upset or whatever, depending on what is uh, creating the deadline situation. Um, so that would not be an irrational fear then, would it? That would be a rational fear. Right. Right? Or, um, you know, if you need to go and search for something in the swamps of Florida, a rational fear would be, well, there's probably water moccasins here or killer alligators or whatever else. So you prepare for that, right? So you prepare for that. Your fear is justified because those things do exist and can have deadly consequences. Mm -hmm. So you prepare for that. So you prepare for that fear. So fear, it's a warning system as well. However, I'm sure everyone's heard by now that, you know, we either responded in a fight or flight scenario, right? Mm-hmm. So some of us are, you know, lean towards the fight and some of us lean towards the flight. But both of them are to keep us safe. So fear keeps us safe. Right. Irrational fear does not. It keeps you from doing things that you would like to do, but you're holding back. Yeah, accomplishing, um, right? It, right. Uh, uh, an irrational fear may or, in my mind, may or may not be come true. So you're fearing something that the chances of it happening maybe are a lot less, mm-hmm. but you're still, no one can say, oh, that would never happen. So you're still holding on to the portion that you believe possibly could happen. Right. And I like how you use the term, uh, the words holding on. We hold on to things because it's an excuse uh, many times for not having to do something. And, well, see, I told you, you know, then we can say later, well, see, that happened and I was right. That kind of thing. So we're justified. We justify our fears. So if we're justifying our fears, what does that make? What does that happen? What happens then with the fear? It makes it more. It's larger. Right? And it makes it harder for you to let it go. Correct. So we tend, as humans, to justify our fears. Now, again, that's a human, a natural human response. But an aware human will say, why do I have this fear? Just like any emotion, they're they're letting us know what's going on. So fear is like, okay, here's a situation that may have harmful side effects. What are you going to do about it? Well, if it's a rational fear, we plan for it and mitigate it. If it's an irrational fear... Then it turns into psychosis, paranoia, anxiety, a whole bunch of things for something that hasn't and probably will not ever happen to us. And that can paralyze us. And that makes us not succeed in our goals. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I didn't, couldn't think of the word, but paralyze you. And, and even like seclusion, you exempt yourself from lots of things that you would like to join in with or other people would like you to be with them doing. Exactly. And and then it becomes 
uh, I think a much larger problem. You need to try to figure out why. Yeah, and being socially uh, recluse uh, certainly doesn't help your job or dating prospects too well, you know, too much. Um, so what can you do about it? Well, again, the person who's looking to be aware and, you know, have wisdom and have the insight, you have to ask yourself the hard question or questions and be ready to accept the brutal, honest truth. That is what is very hard for a lot of people. They don't want to hear the truth because, oh, that makes me responsible. Oh, it hurts too much. That kind of thing. But look at your fear. Is it rational or irrational? I would start there. If it's rational, well, that means there's going to be an end to it because you can mitigate the situation that is causing the fear at the moment. Kathy's excellent example about meeting a deadline, right? There right. you go. Or if you've got, let's say you're going for your driver's license. Okay, my test is coming up. Oh, well, get nervous about that. You know, maybe fear it. Well, practice, 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 study, study, study. And if you don't pass it that time, guess what? There's another time. Right. Right? So it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, we wouldn't be happy if we, you know, fail it on the first try or the first 17 tries. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Is that what happened to you? <laughs> no, no, no. I got it the first time. Um, but then there's irrational fears where um, I don't like... I don't know. I don't like snakes and you live in an area where there's no snakes. Or you don't like me putting in a, a certain social scenario. Well, if I go to parties, people are going to notice that I look this way or maybe I'm not quite the same as them or maybe my mind's on a different wavelength than them. And a lot of that is just stuff that you've made up in your mind. There are tons of examples um, of fear. So it is up to each one of us to categorize it as a rational or an irrational fear. And if it's an irrational fear, it's usually stuck in um, judging the future with no information. Really? Yeah. Anticipatory anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? And just, just as a FYI kind of thing, Anxiety is future fear. Depression is fear or guilt over the past. Oh. Okay. So, and a lot of times people have both. So they will have an uh, anticipatory, anticipatory anxiety of the future because of something that happened in the past and they haven't gotten over it and they may feel guilty about it or they're afraid of it. And then they take and they translate that past and they paint the future through that lens or with that brush, if you will. And so now that fear controls what's coming and you want, and the person wonders why they don't get the result that they want. Or they know they can't get it, but they just can't see a way how to get out of it. That's because they haven't resolved the past. They're hung on to the past. Uh, that's that certain type of fear. That makes a lot of sense what you're saying. I, I like the, um, you know, there's a there's a process that you 
need to follow, I believe, to try to get over some fears. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a an example that's, you know, is a heavy example, but I think it's a perfect example of what, or it'll illustrate what I just talked about there. Um, not so much now, but in the past, uh, earlier in my, when I see clients and stuff like that, we're seeing uh, for, for hypnosis, which I still do, but um, in the past I had more of a, especially towards women that have been raped. And um, that's a, that's, an awful, awful situation, um, and a definitely a fear-generating uh, situation. And but there are women who will not be near a man, um, or it could be the same gender that did the raping as well. Won't be near that person or people at all because they're afraid that that'll happen again. Um, and that's a very debilitating fear and what they're doing is they haven't dealt with the past they keep reliving it on a subconscious level uh even on a conscious level many times and then they paint the whole future every person that they meet oh my god this is a threat i've got to be careful and that really limits how they can grow and go forward in their life and it's really sad because Instead of enjoying life, even though they had that horrific experience, they keep painting it with that horrific paintbrush. So where is where is the joy in that? And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's, you know, oh, just forget about it and done. You need to process it. You need to face it because your emotion uh, has, you've, you, that event has a, a very strong emotion tied to it. And you have to deal with that emotion and change the emotion. In fact, disengage the emotion from that effect or from that event um, to help you release the fear. So if you are in that state, um, I highly recommend that you go and see a trained professional that will help you get through that. Um, but like I said, that's an extreme example. But that can apply in many, many other things. Um, you know, sometimes you just sink or swim. Uh, children from a divorce. They don't either they they fall apart or they become rock hard stone wall and both aren't correct no but they're both survival mechanisms right right um and you know when you have a lot of anger a lot of times the root of that anger is fear i'll give you a perfect example not as not as drastic as the last example but let's say you got people that cut you off in the road while you're driving, right? And you get angry at them. You know why you get angry at them? Because you're fearing that the accident could have happened or something worse could happen. You could have gotten hurt. Right. Right? So the anger is really the result of a fear. And, you know, I think we've all experienced some sort of, I'm going to call that driver rage, um, like that. Maybe you express it a different way, but... It can be dangerous out there, right? So yes. we have to yes. be careful, especially now with cell phones, right? Uh, a lot of people aren't paying attention as much as they should be. So not to be, <laughs> not to make it worse for you listeners out there, <laughs> but um, this is a rational fear 
So you just prepare for it. That's called defensive driving. Just make sure you're paying attention. Make sure you're not on the phone. Make sure you're always watching what's going on in front of you, the side of you, and the back of you. That's what those mirrors are for. Unfortunately, the newer cars now have those warning systems as well. But you still have to be responsible. The car is not... And I don't care what Elon Musk and some of these other ones say in Google about these self-driving cars. <laughs> okay, they still make mistakes. So defensive driving is really important. So... Um, so I have a question. Sure. How does one know if they have a fear that is irrational? How do they recognize it? Okay, excellent question. This is where a piece of paper and a pencil come in really handy, a pros and cons column, okay? So write down the fear. And one... Is the fear helping you? Yes or no? Pro or con? Okay. So you put an X in which column? Right. And two, does the fear actually help you succeed in life or does it hold you back from succeeding in life? Okay. Okay. Um, and that's not a hard question because if it's helping you succeed in life, that means in your mind, it's a rational fear. And are, now, here's the next question. Are you painting everything with that fear? So, well, I don't like going to the grocery store because of this. That's the same reason I don't go to the doctor. Or it's the same reason I don't get visit, go visit my best friend Mary who lives 30 miles from me or whatever. That kind of fear is irrational because what you have done is you've painted your whole world through that fear. But if the fear is, if I go to that location, that location is known to have, I don't know, let's just say copperheads and black widow spiders and the whole thing. In the and, grocery store. No, not in the grocery <laughs> store. I wouldn't be going to that grocery store. I thought you were still talking about the grocery uh, store. I thought no, you no, might no. go, well, they seem to get robbed a lot, so <laughs> okay. I might not go there. Okay, let's switch it to that then. All right, let's say that you're in a neighborhood where there is a grocery store that tends to have a lot of robberies or there's a lot of robberies in the area. Is it a rational fear or an irrational fear? Well, if the statistics and the data support that it is correct what you're saying, mm -hmm. that there's a higher chance of having a crime happen while you're there, then your fear is rational. Right. As long as your fear goes, well, if that grocery store is a problem, all grocery stores are a problem. That's irrational. That's irrational, right? So the dividing line is, does your fear fit the situation? Or do you paint everything with a big brush? Yeah. To me, that is the simplest defining um, uh, question that you can ask to to handle, uh, you know, to define the fear. You remember, keep it simple. Keep it simple. That alone will tell you if it's rational or irrational. And then you say to yourself, "What can I do about this?" Because whether it's a rational or irrational fear, you need to resolve it. Because the fear comes up as a warning. Hey, did you think about this to keep you safe? That doesn't mean you have to keep the fear button on all the time. Right. Let it overlap into your life other ways. Right. So if it's a rational fear, it's like, oh, bing. Okay, I'm thinking about that. So what's my solution? Okay, if grocery store A is not in a safe neighborhood, 
where's grocery store B? Right. And is that in a safe neighborhood? Oh, it is? I'm going to grocery store B. Right. Right? Done. Fear's over. You're all set. And you can go to grocery stores. And there you go. Right? And you won't starve, which is another fear. Right? <laughs> anyway. Um, but if it's... <laughs> is an, yours? <laughs> right, no. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, it might be. No, just kidding. Um, but if it's a rational fear, it's like, well, grocery stores are not safe. Therefore, I don't go. Well, see, it just... That's irrational. Because you know that's not true. But you're stopping yourself anyway. Right? So, I hope we didn't scare you too much. Or maybe we didn't scare you enough. <laughs> anyway, um, Halloween's my favorite hol- holiday. Um, but if you have any questions, concerns, comments, please reach out to us. Please, 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 please. The phone number is 1-800-316-1263. Again, that's 1-800-316-1263. Or you can email at us at info at integrativenaturalwellness.com. Again, that's info at integrativenaturalwellness.com. And this has been Your Pure Truth Now podcast episode number 13. Lucky 13. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Andrew Neblett with Kathleen Neblett. Wishing you a most wonderful Mother's Day. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>